I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Dancing crew, trip for two, nail the final interview. Game with Doug, brand new mug. Come here, kid, give me a hug. The more you want to do, the more we want to do. Boosters designed for COVID-19 variants are now available. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster appointment as soon as you're eligible. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. It's funny, dude, like when I, when I started working in an office for the first time, I texted one of my friends, you know, they gave me a project, again, Latinos, you know, like, or uh, we're used to working quickly. Uh, mm -hmm. and they gave me this project that I was supposed to finish in like a month or something, and I finished, I finished it quickly, right? And I texted one of my friends, I'm like, hey man, look, I have nothing to do, dude. I've been just standing around for like three days. And he's never worked in an office and he said, dude, just get up, go find a mop or, you know, a broom and just broom or clean the kitchen or something. I'm like, we're not in restaurants anymore, dude. Like this, that's, that's not, I was like, bebe limpia, cabrón, que te vean que te estás moviendo, dude, like. Yeah, yeah. Mi gente, dímelo, dímelo, what's up? What's good with y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Quien Tu Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy Pavel bringing you another special episode with another very special guest. Now, on this podcast, our mission is to redefine professionalism. So every week we have a new guest join us for a very candid conversation around the conflict that they have experienced between professionalism and authenticity. Speaking of guests, the clip in the intro that you heard is with this week's guest. Let me give you a quick bio so that you have some context into who our guest is before getting into the full conversation. Roberto Rizzo, aka Beto, is a U.S.-born Mexican that moved to the U.S. at the age of 17 from Jalisco, Mexico. He's an advocate of multiculturalism and a believer that we can transcend culture barriers through communication and compassion. Speaking of communication, Beto actually produces and hosts Get the Tomas podcast. It's a show that was created to offer a space for Latinx immigrants and first gens to share their stories of adversity, success, growth, and realization, and explore the idea of identity. Shameless plug, I was actually a guest on the podcast, so I think you'll enjoy the episode that we recorded. These days, Roberto is the Northern California field representative for U.S. Senator Alex Padilla, the first ever Latino elected to represent California in the U.S. Senate. There, he oversees government relations strategy for half of California's geographic area. Most recently, at the California Secretary of State, he managed outreach campaigns, engaging over 10 million people in different target markets, including Latinx, Black, Asian, and other underrepresented communities. In his spare time, when he's not doing all of these amazing things for work, he actually does stand-up comedy as an artistic outlet. To get a full bio with all of the appropriate links to the podcast where you can listen to his stand-up comedy if you're in Sacramento, be sure to check out the show notes. For now, let's get into this dope episode. Let's start where we always start with the word authenticity. When you hear the word, what does it mean to you? Usually you can only be authentic with, with people that you're close with. It's, uh, you know, behind closed doors, 
it's a lot easier to to you show up and 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 talk the way you talk and and dress like the way you want to dress and you know you know show those colors that you want to show i think that's what being authentic is for me you know just being able to to speak not only looking in a specific way but being able to speak in a specific way and and not caring obviously without offending anybody right so like that's that's <laughs> the main point just like being being yeah being being yourself interesting few words that you mentioned as far as like people you're close with you said i mean is there anyone closer than the family like tell me about family growing up was it easy for you to be yourself growing up? That's a very good question, man, because I, I, I grew up in Mexico, being Mexican in Jalisco, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Ameca Jalisco. Shout out to my people from Ameca. But yeah, no, I, I never had a hard time, you know, being authentic where I grew up because that's all I could be, right? It's like you are, you know, I didn't I didn't have to, to learn a new language or I didn't have to learn a new culture or watch specific sitcoms or, <laughs> you know, do these things to be able to, to fit in. So I would just walk outside of my house and 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 be who I was. <laughs> so so when did, when did you come to the states? I moved to the U.S. when I was seventeen. Oh, yeah. So that's so, like high school, right? That's right. Yeah. This, uh, I did like a month of my junior year, and then I I was you know I became a senior, and I did one year of a se my senior year, and then I moved on to to community college. Yeah. Even before we get into like your experience, I'm curious, like, how do you think your family adjusted coming to the states? It took us a while, you know, uh, it's when I, when I moved, you know, this is 2008, uh, and, you know, I like to add to, you know, my, my parents, you know, they, they used to come way before me, you know, my dad, he got his green card when he was months old, you know, my, my grandmother, yes, yeah, she was an agricultural worker. So was my, my granddad. So my dad had that advantage where, you know, they were given an opportunity to give their kids green cat green cards. I don't know exactly how that worked, but I mean, he, I saw it, you know, like he was, he was born in 1971 and in his green card says like 1971 i think like you know <laughs> some months after i was like okay you know that you were lucky dude so my my parents ha had that idea you know they understood what it was to be an immigrant and a mexican in, in a foreign country but they never really tried to adapt you know because you know they would come and then they just would go back so in one of those trips i was born and and when i was born we just moved to mexico and 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 didn't didn't come back you know we came for vacations and stuff so when we moved we had an idea of what it was to be, you know, uh, quote unquote, American, you know, from the United States. If I say bluntly, you know, like the idea that we have is how to be a white person, kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I know it was going back to your question. It, it took us a while to understand that. I mean, and I'm telling you, this is a, a while is like 10 years to understand mm -hmm. that we could be who we who we are, you know, mm -hmm. without having to to assimilate. And my parents are still struggling with that. You know, like I think they grew up in a different generation mm -hmm. uh, where <laughs> you, you had to act the part, right? Like they, mm -hmm. they, they, they sometimes they didn't feel like they could be or, or talk like Mexicans per se, you know? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that assimilation process. Like in what ways did you see your family try to fit in? And I think it's natural. Like everyone, everyone does it. 100%, man. And moving to the U.S. at 17, most of your U.S. experience comes from what you see in media, right? Like whatever you see in the news, et cetera. For me, it was what I saw in movies. Exactly. Yeah, right? So like yeah. I, I, I like to tell this joke where, you know, growing up in Mexico, my whole experience about moving to the U.S. was based in, in five movies, right? When movies to, the, to Mexico got like 10 years later. You know, it's Canal Cinco. It's where we which used to watch movies because it was like an open channel. It was free. Mm -hmm. So they had like all the kids or, or, you know, teenage movies. So we would watch like Grease, you know, The Breakfast Club, uh, Ferry Bueller's Day Off, uh, 
you know, I, later it was like High School Musical. At some point we watched Scarface, you know, Blood In, Blood Out and stuff. So it, for me, that was what it was to be in the U.S. You know, it was like, you know, varsity jackets. I was, you know, I was a soccer player. So it was like varsity jackets, cheerleaders, uh, gang members, um, you know, a lot of dancing. Do like I, I was <laughs> a lot so of confused. <laughs> I'm still confused of you know who came up with the dance offs. Do like you know who, who, <laughs> who was the first dude who came out to a shootout? You know, with the with, you know we weren't dance moves. You know, like that that was their <laughs> their uh, their weapon. I've always been curious about that. But yeah, so when I moved here, uh, it, it was like I was very confused, man. Like everything that you see in movies and everything that you see is it's either it's either like white and beautiful, right? Like it's like white and cool. Like this is back in the day before, you know, movies or agencies were trying to be more inclusive. So it was like expensive high schools, lockers, sports, dancing, varsity jackets, you know, all that. And then it was either that or you were part of the lower community. You know, you were a brown person, a person of color, you know, an immigrant, et cetera. So in my dream, dude, like I thought I was gonna come to the U.S. and I was gonna come to those one varsity jacket locker high schools, you know. But I, I, you know, I arrived in a in a high school that that didn't have. It was underrepresented, you know, underfunded, uh, mm -hmm. and it was majorly, you know, most of us were immigrants, people of color, black, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Mexicans, Asians, um, and it was a cultural shock, you know, uh, because yeah, it, it was nothing like what I had imagined. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think that answers the question. It's like the idea that I had. Is that, is that what I, you asked? Shit, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that, that's perfect. I'm I'm just laughing in my head because I'm imagining you like, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get in a fight. I'm gonna bust out these dance moves. No one's gonna <laughs> mess with me. Dude, it, it's fucking hilarious, <laughs> man, because you know, it was di different ways of dressing up. You know, like when in Mexico, the mm. preppy movement, it was like full full blast, right? Like you was, you know, wearing, you know, Albert Crombie or American Eagle and like tight jeans and, and you know, wide bands or, you know, Converse. So when I got to high school, dude, like, you know, to this rough high school, I get there and I'm wearing like, you know, skinny jeans before like they were a thing and like white leather Converse and a really tight orange uh i think it was some brand you know like the white letters on the chest you know you know i have like you know curly hair and i'm walking in and dude i mean they they dress differently man like they they dress tough you know and i was like oh shit like you know in, in my mind i'm like okay who am i who am i gonna have to beat up to be part of this you know <laughs> to <be part> of, <laughs> of course that's a joke you know like but in mexico uh there was where I grew up, like there was this thing, there was different hoods. They, they weren't gang members, you know? Mm. But like, if you were part of a specific neighborhood and you wanted to join another neighborhood, you had to fight someone supposedly, right? Like yeah, that was yeah. like the, uh, I don't even know, christening is, can I use that word? Or like, you like, know, like a hazing maybe. Right, right. Like to be able to let in, okay, you gotta yeah. fight someone. So like, that's what I thought I was gonna have to do <laughs> in my high school. But no, it wasn't like that, dude. Like it was just the way they look because man, I hang out with these with these guys still like these these all my these are all my friends and it, it was cool to get there because I I don't think that if I hadn't gotten to if I would would have gone to a you know expensive high school like to a rich high school mm -hmm. I don't think I'd be the person that I am and I'm very grateful to, for who I became by having that experience you know like understanding the needs and the differences that aren't necessarily shown in media. All right, here you are 
with this idea of like what the U.S. is and it's all based on the movies, right? And you go into this high school and in almost, you, you kind of get like a realer perspective on like what's really happening in the world. And it's interesting because, yeah, you mentioned like if you went to a, a private high school, you would have never got, not, not a real, but like what the average American, let's say, goes through, right? Because that private high school would have been a lot wealthier folks and that's not necessarily the average American. So it does give you that perspective. Yeah, 100%. When I was 16, I came to work as a dishwasher. You know, before I moved for good uh, mm -hmm. at 17, I mean, I was born in the U.S. and I asked my dad, hey, man, look, I want to make a little money. Is it cool if I go to the U.S., you know, stay with one of my ankles and just, you know, work for a little bit? So he's like, sure. So I came and I worked. I think it was like three or four months and it was a dishwasher, right? So like I was, I was, you know, I was trying to make money and, and, you know, it was pretty cool. Like I, I, I made money. I hang out. I, I learned a little bit of English. Um, but then, so the next, the second time I came, I, that, that place where I went with my uncle is called Manteca, uh, California. And the neighborhood where he lived, it was beautiful. You know, it was, you know, big green lawns, you know, they nice houses. Uh, it was cool, man. Like it's, it, it was affluent, right? So where I moved, uh, you know, in South Sacramento, didn't reflect that again that's that's that was another shock right like when i get there i'm like okay shit like this is not this is not what i thought i was gonna get for your family did they have any expectations for you as far as like hey we moved to the u.s we want you to have a certain type of life did they put any pressure on you or expectations on like what you should go into when if when it comes to what to study or what to do professionally yeah yeah i i feel anybody i mean most people that are from an immigrant family and you're going to the university I, I think you know your parents they are always thinking you should do this so you don't have to do what i did right like mm -hmm. there's always that you do this so you don't have to do what i did uh in my case was my dad having to be in the us and us being in mexico that was difficult for him you know because he couldn't be with us all the time i mean i see it differently now that oh. that i'm that i'm a i'm an adult you know and i want to have my family on my own one day and I understand that 100%, you know, like before I, I, I used to think, yeah, my dad is in the U.S., no big deal. But now I see that, you know, I needed him, you know, like it's, it's, it's normal. Um, but now him, you know, going to the university, he, he always wanted me to like, you know, do an off, office job or do something where I could, you know, use my, you know, my education to not have to work with my body. Funny thing is, dude, I love working with my body. You know, like I grew up, you know, doing physical work my entire life so now i do have an office job i'm, I'm very lucky and very fortunate you know that that you know i'm able to work indoors uh from mm -hmm. home sometimes and that's what my parents wanted dude. like it, it, it it's funny man because I, I should say because if my if my parents listen to this like they're very supportive you know they never said oh you have to be a lawyer or a doctor or you know all, any or that. something yeah yeah never you know they always said you know you can you can do what you what you want to do you know you try just try to be the best right like i've i don't think uh i'm working on it you know like i, I don't think i'm there yet but there is external things that i do so like i bartended for a long time and they there's always pressure like, hey, dude, when are you going to stop bartending, man? Like you study, you know, you went to you went to the university. You're like, when are you going to do that? Uh, and I can see my parents, they, they're happy for the place where I'm working. Right. And that that's important for them. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 funny, man. Like, I'm sure that you experience this too. Like if if I were ever to say, hey, you know, I think I'm going to quit and I'm going to do something else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do I'm going to go back to bartending. They would flip out, you know, like oh, I, yeah. I think they would support me. But it would it would not be uh, it would not be funny for them at all. Uh, yeah, for me. Well, my my family was the same way. Like I never got pressure growing up to do anything. In many ways, 
I had to like, all right, well, you're not telling me to be an accountant. So now I have to figure out like what the hell I want to do. So it was, it was good not having the pressure, but at the same time, I kind of wish someone pushed me in like some direction so that I, yeah. I can like figure it out. Cause like, there's so many things you can do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and yeah. same thing for me. Like, I think if I told my mom that I was going to like, well, I did quit my job, but like, if I did quit my <laughs> job and say like, I was going to go bartending, like, I think she'd be supportive, but I think like concerned is a good word. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, that that's, that's family. Like if I had a, if I had a child, I would say the same thing. I would be Dude, concerned, you know what I mean? But supportive. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I had this conversation with, with someone else whatever you became that's not only you who became that it's you and your family especially if you're an immigrant right because the moment you move as a parent of course you're moving to better yourself but you're also better moving to better the opportunities of that of, of your children right them seeing you get to that position where they've seen you because they have dreams of you you know they, they 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 have their own maybe they don't share them with you but they see you doing a specific things then when you get there that's an achievement for them too so it's mm -hmm. sometimes it, you know it's not on purpose or you know they, they don't do it of course in a negative way uh of you of them wanting wanting them wanting them to, for you to do something it's just that dude, it's natural uh and and i respect that you know like i mean But at the same time, and not, and not to say that I'm, I'm doing this, right? But like, if, if you are, or if anybody's doing like, we shouldn't leave nobody else's dreams, you know, even, even when we came here and, and we have to be thankful for those opportunities. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, I fulfilled what you wanted me, you know, I became, I became a doctor, you know, now I'm going to go and, and be an artist, you know, I'm going to go and polish some nails, uh, whatever that is, like, just fucking do it, man. Like it's a, uh, I think it's tough for, for us, uh, for Latinos, having those conversations still with, with our parents. Uh, but I think we've, we've, we've got there, dude. Yeah. And tell me, uh, tell me about like some of those early experiences that you had working, right? Whether it's bartending or whether you had an internship. Because I think assimilation is different when you start working too. Because now it's going to impact your income, right? And there's a little yeah. bit more pressure on like, what you want to wear, how you want to show up, how you want to do your hair, all of those kind of things. How are you going to speak? How did you assimilate when you started working? Dude, that, 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 that's a great question. And I love to think about those first days, you know, I mean, because of the way I grew up, uh, that's, that's something that my, my, my parents, you know, taught me was how to work. You know, like you have to be a hard worker. You have to be a hard worker. You know, the, they might be, you know, maybe you don't speak English. But you're gonna mop those fucking floors like no one else has ever done. You know what I mean? So like it, it was that idea. So when I was a dishwasher, that was easy, right? Uh, and also like everybody in the kitchen, you know, they, we all spoke Spanish, easy. So as I started everyone, moving, everyone had more, a uniform too. Yeah, it, it was yeah. It, it was easy, right? It's like, but as 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 I started moving into even bartending was cool. Like I have mm -hmm. to say that as a bartender, as a server, when I worked in the front of the house of restaurants, I was very very lucky, dude, because. I learned how to use my accent and where I came from as a tool to get more tips. I mean, if you ever sat in one of my tables, even you tip me extra, that was all, uh, you know, it was part of the plan, right? Like you, you come in because again, you're, you're, you know, quote unquote exotic and interesting. And, you know, you come in and he's like, Hey, senoritas, what can I get for you? Uh, Is there anything that you want to, you, you know, like you just, you just play with that, you know, that Latin, you know, there's like this idea again in movies and in American culture, where like, oh yeah, you know, the, the Latin guy that, you know, the spicy person and all this, you know, it's funny. Mm -hmm. stuff. So I, I took advantage of that, like full on, man. Like I, uh, I mean, and I'm not ashamed of it at all because it was, it was fun. And I just, I did what I needed to do. 
did I mean, you see as, did you see any difference when you did do it and when you didn't do it as far as your tips or anything oh yeah like 100 like i didn't really? do it all the time. like only when i had you know when i had time like when you're busy you're just running around you know you go and serve people be happy smile whatever you want you know but when you when you have time and, and you see you know there's there's you know people that look like you know they might have they might have some cash or you know like it's just like they they're spending more money you know you you approach them and you're like hey you know you speak them like get a deeper voice in there you know what i mean like it's just <laughs> dude it, it, it worked you know uh it, it was funny because there That's was this so joke funny. uh behind the bar i was you know it was so it was oh, every all of us you know were from different backgrounds but i was the only one with an accent you know like a, and my friends behind the bar there were stories that we made up like oh yeah you know have you met roberto he used to be a professional bullfighter in mexico uh, <laughs> that dude it was it was really cool like you know we or he used to be a professional dancer he used to be a professional singer like oh dude, to this day we just joke around and text each other about because it's believable right like because it's again this idea this cultural idea that uh Latinos, like, yeah, you know, like movement and, you know, all this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I took advantage of that. But when I started moving um, into more of office job, more professional mm -hmm. settings, you know. Corporate um, type of stuff, yeah. Yeah. And interestingly enough, man, I've, for most of my career, I've been part of executive teams, right? So uh, you know, even since I was an intern. So uh, my mentor at the time, you know, she explained to me what that meant. You know, look, you're part of an executive Aww. team the way you dress, the way you, you, you talk, the way you move, you know, everything matters because this reflects back on us. I'm like, yeah, I understand. Like it was, it was a very big deal for me. Like I started to use expensive words, you know, that <laughs> I, I mean, I, dude, I, I kid you not. Like I, I, I mean, I did this for a very long time, but especially when I started working, you know, in this, in, at, at that level, like, okay, how do I say buy, you know, more nice here like oh you purchased like i i did that on purpose right uh and then it's funny dude like when i when i started working in an office for the first time i texted one of my friends you know they gave me a project again latinos you know like or uh, we're used to working quickly uh mm -hmm. and they gave me this project that i was supposed to finish in like a month or something and i finished i finished it quickly right and i texted mm -hmm. one of my friends i'm like hey man look i have nothing to do dude i've been just standing around for like three days and he's never worked in an office. And he said, dude, just get up, go find a mop or, you know, a broom and just broom or clean the kitchen or something. I'm like, we're not in restaurants <laughs> anymore, dude. Like, this, that's that's not I'm like, baby, limpia, cabrón. Que te vean que te estás moviendo. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand. Like, that's the way we're taught, right? Like, okay, you, you got a new job. You have to be the one that's moving, you know. Leaning time is cleaning time. All this bullshit. Uh like our family even right like the advice that they give us is just dependent on their experience right but at some mm -hmm. point it's a weird time when we kind of like start to get into rooms that our family has never been in you know or our friends have never been in and that's yeah. that's nothing there's it's just different experiences like we you know what do they say like the next generation is like you know in theory supposed to be more fortunate than the previous generation right like there, there's more technology there's more opportunities right so we like we're just fortunate enough to be in rooms right so i had that same thing like i would ask my mom for advice and she would say things i was like ah, that doesn't make sense mom like <laughs> like she would yeah. tell me like she would tell me like don't go to happy hour with your coworkers. i was like mom that's how you build relationships like but like she was trying to convince me like no they're there to sabotage me and they just want you to get drunk to take advantage i was like no 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 you don't get it oh um, yeah and that, so, that's yeah, that's like, very common yeah yeah but it's interesting too like you got some of the feedback or not feedback but just like guidance of like hey 
you're on an executive team be very aware of everything that you do so you you started pulling out like a thesaurus and was like how do i how do i what's a better word for big yeah uh, for, uh gigantic yeah dude I, I did that you know and also it had a lot to do with me uh you know english being my second language uh you know to to your point it's true like there is we have a lot of or nuestros antepasados, you know, the people that came before us, they haven't been to these rooms, right? Yeah. So they give us those, uh, you know, whatever would work for the rooms that to the rooms yeah. that were, they, they've been into. But I like to say something here, man. I think I find that we, a lot of times, are afraid of entering those rooms. We have the tools, we have the abilities, we have everything that takes, like even a restaurant, you know, like we have the money, we have the, everything that it's needed to go to that expensive restaurant. And we decide not to go because we think we're not gonna we're not gonna fit in. I started seeing this, you know, when since I was younger. I mean, I, I, again, I've been working in restaurants for for a very long time, and I I truly believe that to enter a new culture, you have to visit restaurants. I mean, I, if I want to learn more about you know uh, Thailand, I'm gonna go eat at a, at a Thai, you know Thai restaurant. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, I you know I, I Google you know Thailand, but like that's my mm -hmm. end. This that's the way I enter that culture. You know, I sit down, I look at the menus, I learn what the language looks like, etc. Mm -hmm. So I I used to see the restaurants that I worked at. One of them was you know was kind of pricey. So people that they belonged, but they felt like they didn't. You know the way they 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 act, the way they moved, and I've always I've always wondered. And I've, I've pushed my friends and and my wife and my parents and my family and anybody that I know. Like dude, like. Just go like restaurant is a very easy example, right? We, we can talk about, you know, career moves and we can talk about, you know, investments and all these areas that we haven't entered fully, but it, it's, it's starting from the beginning. Like you belong, you know, if, when you go to a restaurant and I, I need to say this, don't think too much. Yeah. You know, manners are important. 100%, right? Like maybe don't lick your fingers, right? Like it's that, that's fine. But when you enter, you eat it the way you think it should be eaten or ask the server, like, hey, how do, how do I eat this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And they will tell you, at the end of the day, you're paying for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, that's for most of things. You're paying, you're just, you're doing what you need to be doing. So you just fucking don't be afraid of, of going into those rooms. Um, I, I'm curious, go, going back to some of that feedback that you received, like, mm -hmm. what other things were you, were you conscious about besides, like, the words that you used? Like, was there any other guidance on what you should do? Before we get into that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Gentueras is supported by First Republic Bank. Your hard work is paying off. That's why it's time to start working with a financial partner who will always have your back. At First Republic, you'll have access to your own personal banker who knows you by name and is prepared to support your financial needs. Learn how personalized banking can make a difference for you and your family at firstrepublic.com. Remember, FDIC equal housing lender. This episode of the Quintuetas podcast is sponsored by McDonald's. Since 1985, McDonald's has given over $33 million in scholarships. You can win one of 30 scholarships available and win a scholarship of up to $100,000. This year, McDonald's is giving away $500,000 in scholarships. Since 1985, Hased has helped aspiring Latino students achieve their dreams of going to college. But despite students' unwavering desire for progress, they still feel lost and powerless, making the need for support greater than ever. And that means it's time to hacer more. 
Students can apply to McDonald's Hacer National Scholarship and go further like Katia in Chasareta. To apply to the McDonald's Arcer National Scholarship, visit mcdonalds.com slash Acer. That is H-A-C-E-R. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, we, we cleanly shaved. I think the, the hair was the biggest thing for me. Because uh, you had long hair, right? Or you still yeah, yeah. Hair. Yeah, I've had long hair since, you know, five, five years now. When I got married, I, I said, you know, I've been living with my parents for a long time. There is that pressure, right? It's like I, I could have let, you know, let my, my hair grow since I was like 20 years old. But I just felt like I couldn't because I was about to graduate. I needed mm -hmm. to look professional. I, you know, I needed to look clean. And, and, and it, was, it wasn't easy, dude. Like it wasn't an easy decision. And also it was the peer pressure, right? Like it's when it started to grow, it looks odd. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and the in-between phase, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a shit show, dude, like trying to control, <laughs> especially if you have curly hair like I do. And um, so that was difficult. And I told my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow my hair. Uh, and that was like the very first step. Like she supported me through that because uh, I, I didn't I didn't know what she was going to say. Right. Like, again, we come from, uh, you know, conservative in the sense, like culturally conservative. You know, uh, I need to make that clear. Yeah. So uh, it was. I, yeah, I am a liberal. <laughs> uh, so it was scary even telling your wife. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not necessarily scary, but I didn't want, I did want to get hair input, right? Like, I mean, I've been yeah. married for two months, you know, and we're living oh. together for two months. And he's like, hey, I'm going to grow my hair. She's always known me with very short hair. You know, I don't want uh. her to feel trapped. Like, hey, these motherfuckers wanted to get me, you know, tr <laughs> you know, married. And then now he's going to let himself go. You know, no, he, he wasn't that. Um, so I started growing it and I didn't, I didn't tell anybody, you know, but it came a point where it was, it was very awkward. You know, it, it didn't look professional to what, I mean, right now, you know, you put it in a, in a bun or a ponytail easy, right? Like it looks, it looks clean. It looks nice, but it was that, that face where, I mean, you know, I had to go to events, you know, you're, you're wearing a full suit, but like your hair doesn't look, you know, professional, like quote unquote again right like the, the way they would want the way the way they would want you to look what uh, did it was it like a curly afro like what did it look like yeah it was so it, it's it's very curly so it was it was big and i used to wear a headband like these headphones so yeah. my hair would be like back here because I, could, I couldn't grab it on a ponytail and i couldn't yeah, wear yeah. gel you know so like it would be big back here ah. and like just kind of clean it in here so yeah, i yeah. seemed like i had like big ass head you know yeah yeah, uh, yeah 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 and like dude i look at those pictures now and i think you look pretty slick i like it a lot you know it looks uh, it sounds good you gotta send me a picture so i could i'll send oh yeah i'll send you a picture but i, I was very fortunate dude because my team uh uh the, you know the where i was working at they were very supportive like mm. i i've i've might gotten comments from people outside of my team you know mm -hmm. in my organization like what but uh like like at some point, like, you know, dude, how did somebody, you know, that looks like you get a job where you were, you know, where you were? Yeah. Someone you said know. that to you? Yeah, dude, 100%. Uh, it was odd, but like, I haven't had many of those experiences in my life, so I didn't know how to react. So I just punch her, you know, like he was, I'm kidding. I, didn't oh, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that would no, crazy. no, dude. If that sounds good, if that sounds good when you're editing it, it and like it's funny, keep it. If not, just like it. I don't want that to be used. Like, no, no, obviously it was a joke. Uh, but how, but how did you? But how did you react though? Because again, like you've you've had a bunch of jobs, but now you're in this like corporate setting, right? Yeah. Where it's kind of like office job, and you're like, well, I, 
how do I react? Like they don't teach you how to do these things. They don't teach it, you how to deal it, with that. It's even more sensitive because, uh, you know, I work in a political setting, right? When, yeah. when, you, when you're working in corporate, like, you know, th there's, there's politics involved, but not, not, you know, Democrat, Republican, yeah. you know, type yeah, of yeah. politics. So as the representative of someone yeah. that's an elected official, you know, like yeah. you just have to act official at all times. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I said, come again. Like, I don't understand what you mean, you know? And she's like, no, you do. And then she started, I was, you know, getting a tour of some location and I was like, okay, you know, like, and then I just hang around with another person. Cause he was, uh, I wasn't angry. I was very surprised that that is, is, you know, existed still, you know, like, especially living in California, dude. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I kept my cool. I talked to my team. I laughed it off, you know, thinking back to it, maybe I should have been, you know, more i should have defended myself a little more uh i again this has this comes from the fear of responding sometimes to to things like that you know it's you're afraid of re retaliation right like it's uh especially you know i'm, I'm a first generation you know mexican-american or mexican and united statesian i'm i'm, I'm mm -hmm. you know crossroads with Amer the word american uh mm -hmm but, you know, Mexican and from the United States. And, you know, I worked very hard to work where I'm working, you know, working for, for a person that, that I admire, you know, uh, an, an elected official. And I'm navigating this area of how do I, how do I carry myself? You know, mm -hmm. what's going to represent me now? Uh, and for the first, I want to say, three, four years of my career, do like, straight up, I would sometimes like cry, like thinking, uh, like this is, is this, is this really me? You know, is this really where I'm supposed to be? Especially because most of my friends, my close friends, my best friends, and, and, and a lot of my family, again, they, they continue to have works in construction, restaurants, you know, these, these, these jobs where it's easier to be who you're like, for them, it's easier to be them. Uh, again, that's what I think. I'm not in their shoes. So I'm just speaking of for conversations there is a lot more people that look like us in those in those areas than 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 where i work right yeah so when you see someone that looks like you you just it's easier to use react the way you usually would like for example i'll give you a quick example so part of my job is going to to networking events and and you know representing you know the person that i work for in different areas i'd really like doing that you know up to a point, but it's, it's, it's training. I think, you know, it, it's, it's difficult sometimes because it's, you know, meeting a lot of people and many times they don't necessarily look like you, you know, I think deep conversations are you, you, you come out energized, you know, but when you, when you have to do small talk, it's like, fuck, how do I, you're thinking about the next question or, or how you're going <laughs> to respond like very thoroughly so that, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you're not look up weird. Like, you know, they continue to look at you the way they're supposed to. So, well, small just, talk with small talk with people that you have a lot in common with is probably much easier, right? It's the best. But right? when 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 you're trying to like try your best to find commonality, yeah. Like I get in my head, I get very anxious, and I'm like, all right, what's the next question? I almost feel awkward if there's like a minute of silence. I need to like say something. Yeah, um, and it, it is it is very draining. I'm I'm curious I'm curious too because. There's this interesting dynamic of like you not just representing yourself, right? Like you're representing and like kind of like an elected official. Like let's just say hypothetically speaking, like someone said something bad to you and you punched them. Like that would look very bad, not just for you, but for them as well. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. 
but and, also th- there's this idea too of um not only your physical in real life presence there's also like your social media as well do you feel pressure to like oh i shouldn't post me drinking or something you know what i mean <laughs> right yeah i, I mean i do that, that, that's the short answer and and it's not necessarily because i've been told to worry or because you know i'm prohibited to do anything no like i i, I need to make that clear and i th- i think that that rarely happens you know in, in work settings it is it's just the the expectations that i've created for myself yeah working where I work, you know, doing yeah. what I do. Mm-hmm. Like we, we put that on ourselves. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah. and I'm coming to terms with that, you know, where I was going to earlier, you know, when I was mentioning like that, it's, it's been difficult sometimes is because I think we, we, we have to learn from it, from each other, you know, and, and try to, to accommodate each other. That's, that's part of being in a community. So the type of music that I listen to, or, you know, the type of events that I like to go to, or the type of jokes that I enjoy, or, you know, these things, it was very hard to find someone to, to do that with. So that's, that's what made me kind of, kind of like sad, like it's shit, like, man, like maybe I should, you I should, and he's, he's not like, like my boss, for example, he's, he's first generation, you know, he looks like me. Uh, but, it, but again, it's that sometimes it's not even you being first generation. The fact that we're, you know, first, first generation, all of us, uh, doesn't mean that we're the same. I think that should, that, that should be very clear. Right. I think, you know, a lot of times we want to put all of us into this bubble. Oh yeah. First generation. That's one thing we have. Yeah, we have the same goals. We want to we want to better ourselves. We want to support each other and everyone else. But it doesn't mean that we have a lot to talk about. It's also the way that we grew up. It's also the way that, you know, the nature of, of our works. It's it's difficult f- finding that commonality. And again, why was it difficult for me? Because, you know, I, I grew up being Mexican in Mexico, you know. Mm-hmm. I walked out the door and, uh, you know, people were listening to what I was listening. My neighbors were watching what I was watching. It was... I, I think I, I, I want to mention, like, I'm not sticking to the past. Like, I'm definitely moving forward. But I that that's that's what I, I struggled with, you know, years ago. Now, it's easier for me to be myself. Like, I made a very conscious decision uh, a few years ago that I'm just going to be who I am, you know. I think if I... I and not, it's not like I was pretending before because, you know, I am I am a professional at what I do. You know, like I'm, I try to the work that I do for the for it to be to the best of my ability, right? Everything I do properly. But the way I was speaking, you know, I was keeping myself from making jokes. Uh, I was uh, I wasn't mentioning things sometimes. So I wasn't speaking up because I was afraid or oh, maybe I'm not going to pronounce it properly or maybe it's, this is a dumb idea. Why would I? But you know what, dude? I realized that people with less experience than me you know, that have had less exposure than me, you know, that I'm not saying that, that I'm better. I'm saying that I, I, you know, I felt more capable, right? Like I've, I've, I've had this fucking exposure to, you know, I, I lived in, in several countries. I, you know, I speak two languages. I, I'm an immigrant, like there is no impossible. So I just said, you know what, dude, I just fuck it. You start saying what you think, uh, making those jokes, people will adapt. And you know what? They have, man. You referenced this moment like a couple of years ago where you were just like, fuck it. Like, what was that realization that you had? I started doing stand-up comedy. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so like I've been writing jokes for a very long time. You know, I I, I consider myself to be a funny person, you know, to some, <laughs> to some group of people. <laughs> but um, when I started doing that, uh, you know, getting up on the stage and just, speaking up because all these jokes i've been writing jokes for fuck 10 years and they're just they were just you know catching dust you know on my notes and notebooks 
And the moment I went up and I started telling them and I realized that people were actually laughing and understanding, maybe that was the moment, but mm. I don't know. I, it just something click about how I should believe in myself and, and trust that I'm, I'm capable. And, you know, if, if my network, you know, or my friends listen to this, or, you know, my family, it would, it would come as, to a sh to, like, uh, as a shock to them because I feel like I've always carried myself in a way that I feel like, you know, I look like I know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm confident, you know, I just, I, I try to not show doubt, you know, like I, I do these things in a specific way, but for a very long time, I struggle, uh, you know, behind curtains, like with, with uh, that idea of, do, do I belong? You know, mm. yeah. But it's it's an interesting visual of like, because that would be people's biggest fear. Like public speaking is people's biggest fear. And even you, you spoke earlier about even like being a little bit aware of your of your accent. For example, yeah. English is not your first language. And I don't know if it was for you, but like all of that context and background, like stand up comedy would be, I would be terrified. Even like the idea of what is funny in the states like the united states is very like sarcastic right there are like okay. so many references even in the united states that people in mexico wouldn't understand there's a bunch of references in mexico that people in the united states wouldn't understand like that like my anxiety like my heart is pumping just thinking about it right so <laughs> yeah i i could see you kind of being like well shit if if i did this and it's terrifying then like being myself at work is like nothing. Honestly, dude. Yeah. I, you know, that, that's, that's a, that's a breakthrough right there be, because you made me think about the very first time I got up on the stage and you know, my, my wife was recording and I started very nervous. I was, you know, chewing my words and you can see, dude, there's a specific moment when I hear the first laugh <laughs> where, you know, I grab the microphone in a specific way and I start moving on stage and I start telling my jokes and I start acting them out. You, it's a very, very, you know, specific moment where you can see where I went from nervous to fuck it. This is where I'm at right now. And this is what I should be doing. You know, it is like I, I'm, for the, the next five minutes, they're going to listen to me regardless. You know, I could be fucking screaming for five minutes, but they're going to that's that's what it is. That's what an open, what an open mic is. And I I, I think you're right. You know, that did help boost, you know, my me believing in, in what I had to say was valid. And again, it, it's, it's funny, dude, because like, I've, I'm one of those people that I like to motivate other people to do more things, you know, travel or fucking read or, you know, exercise, check out this new thing. And I was struggling too, because I'm like, fuck, man, like, there is this image that I've tried to build for myself as a person who wants to motivate other people. And sometimes I'm struggling with, with who I am. I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know, it's uh, I, I th again, I think that has a lot to do with, with being an immigrant, man. I love that you had that moment, right? Because who knows if you didn't have that moment where you would be right now, but your, your journey isn't over. Obviously like everyone is still working on themselves. As you look forward, what's something that inspires you to continue being your most authentic self at work. We, we, we spoke about this recently uh, when we had our conversation and, and I, I, this, is, this is not for me, this is from uh, Corporate Pelo Latina and I'm gonna give it a shout out because she said something that struck me. She said, it doesn't matter if you're a Latina or Latino in tech, or if you're a Latino or Latina in politics or you know, anywhere where you're, where you're going into, it doesn't matter if you're only gonna, just gonna go in and assimilate to that culture, you're not gonna be who you are because if you're assimilating anywhere where you're at, you're only a statistic, right? You are only a Latino or Latina in tech. 
So that that is what motivates me, you know, that knowing that I can just by 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 doing what I do and being who I am, I can someone is going to see me and they're going to be like, oh, shit, you know what? I should do the same thing. You know, I'm tired of having this mask over my face and just pretending that I like what I've been like, not, not what I'm doing, but like the way I'm acting or, you know, having to study a show the day before just so that you can fit in, you know? So I don't know if this happens to you. Have you ever been in a place where you're speaking Spanish, you know, with someone and then someone comes in that doesn't speak Spanish and you start speaking in English because you don't want them to be left out or like, or you don't want them to feel like you're speaking shit about them or, or so you don't want them to, to judge you. Right, like that happens to 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 me and my wife all the time. Like, and we consciously we've said we're speaking Spanish. It's a fucking language, you know. We don't have to start speaking English just because someone else just came to the conversation. If they're part of our conversation, yes, let's everybody should be included. But if I'm standing waiting for the bus speaking in Spanish and then this random person comes in, why do I have to feel shitty about that? This is my language too. So yeah, change those little changes, man. Mi gente, that wraps up this week's episode of the Quintuera's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. It just helps us in the algorithm to ensure that these stories get heard by as many people as possible. Scaling these stories and experiences is the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism. Thank you. I'll see you next week.